Hey there, it's Nikki Klosser, and I want to let you know about an awesome free giveaway for people on our email list. If you haven't already, click the link in our podcast description or go to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up to get on the list. If you sign up, you'll get a free Posing 101 PDF to jumpstart things. It's an epic PDF, so you'll definitely want to get this. Also, just by being in our email community, you'll get deals, sales, and information about any of our upcoming events and activities. So head over to theportraitsystem.com slash sign up and sign up today. This is the Portrait System Podcast, a show that helps portrait photographers and people hoping to become one navigate the world of photography, business, money, and so much more. We totally keep it real. We share stories about the incredible ups and the very difficult downs when running a photography business. I'm your host, Nikki Klosser, and the point of this podcast is for you to learn actionable steps that you can take to grow your own business and also to feel inspired and empowered by the stories you hear. Today's Clubhouse episode is with your hosts, Kevin and Ashley, and their special guest this week is Brie Oro. We often talk about how providing hair and makeup styling can just be a huge relief to your clients, and Brie is an expert hairstylist who has worked with Sue for years and who has by far given me the best blowouts of my life. She chats with Ashley and Kevin all about how stylists can truly make a difference for photographers and also just about how you can communicate better with your stylists. And as always, they end it with some questions and answers from the audience, and this is a really good one. So stay tuned for Bree, Kevin, and Ashley. Welcome, everyone, to the Portrait System Podcast Clubhouse Edition. My name is Kevin Condit, and I'm here with my co-host, Ashley Taylor. If you are not familiar with the Portrait System, we are a portrait photography podcast that is powered by Sue Bryce Education. Nikki Klosser hosts our regular Monday episodes, and Ashley and I co-host our Clubhouse Edition, which is live here on the Clubhouse app every Friday at noon Pacific. And then our episodes are released on Thursdays. You can tune in on your favorite podcast app by searching for The Portrait System. And Ashley, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, Kevin. I'm so excited to be here co-hosting our chat again with you today. And I'm so excited to introduce our guest for today, Brie Orozco. Um, she's a hair and makeup artist based in Los Angeles, and I'm pretty sure most of you know her because she has worked with Sue Bryce for so many years and is in so many of the videos we know and love on the SBE website. So welcome, Brie. Hi, everyone. Happy Friday. It's, it's good to be here. Yay. We're excited to have you. Well, are we ready to start, Kevin? Sure. Perfect. Uh, welcome to the podcast, Brie. I am personally excited to have you on because it gives me the opportunity, gives us the opportunity to learn about one of the big pieces that makes up Sue's process and that you are a big part of um, with hair and makeup. So to start off, uh, one of the questions we see come in time and time again in uh, the Sue Bryce Facebook group is how to find that perfect hair and makeup artist to be your right hand person on photo shoots. Um, There are many questions around uh, this, but the most basic question is, how do you find a hair and makeup artist? Where should we begin looking? And maybe tell us how you became Sue's hair and makeup artist. Sweet. Okay, so this is actually a question that um, I get asked quite often, um, and I understand how hard it is to find someone who does both hair and makeup well and is also a good addition to the team because you can be a great hair and makeup artist but not be that great of a person and that energy is definitely going to change like the vibe so not only am I a good hair and makeup artist but it's about being a good person bringing good energy to the team and yeah so what I like to tell um whoever is asking me is go get your hair done Go look around at the local beauty, uh, beauty salons, if there's any blow-dry bars in the area, um, Sephora's even, because there's a good chance that those artists working in those salons are looking for a side, like a, a side gig or just to get out of where they are altogether. Um, I'll give you an example. I worked with a new makeup artist last week, Wednesday, who worked uh, with an on-demand beauty service. And I asked her, I was like, do you freelance as well? And she was like, well, I'm working with this company right now, but I want to get out. So we're out there. We, we don't want to be working for other people. We want to find a photographer, get connected with other photographers and do that type of work. So 
go get your hair done, go ask your friends where they get their hair done. Who does their hair? Do they like them? Um, that's probably the first huge thing is, you know, going to beauty salons and Sephora's and even Ulta there, they have makeup artists there at Ulta too. Like, I'm sure they don't want to be working there forever. Just throw out the idea, like hire them for a test shoot and see, see where it goes from there. I love that you just mentioned hire them for a test shoot because that was kind of our follow-up question to how you find someone is how do you go about like trialing someone? Um, and like, does the rate change when it's a trial? What is the process of it? If it's a trial, like how do you really go about testing that person? If you think you might've found them? Um, when, Okay. So you you guys know I'm not working with Sue as often anymore. So I have more uh, free time to work with other photographers. And before I even do their hair and makeup, I meet with the photographer one-on-one. And then we kind of go from there. Because if we meet someone one-on-one and we're getting like good vibes, then, you know, the photographer could be like, okay, could you come in and like, you know, do my hair and makeup. And then I feel like it's best to have them start on yourself first you know, so like see how they do your own hair and makeup. And if you like that, then that's when I would move forward and, you know, bring in a client or, you know, if you have a friend to come in, who's free for the day, who wants to get hair and makeup done just so you can see how they work. But I always meet with new photographers one-on-one before I start working with them. That's really good advice. Actually, I just hired a new hair and makeup artist and I did go to coffee with her uh, one-on-one first. So, so that's, yeah, it's really important to make sure that, you know, you, at least for me, it was like all that, having that conversation of like what I do at my shoot and, you know, what she used to when she worked with people and like having that conversation to see if it was even aligned before we took it to the next step of a trial. So, yeah, exactly. You have someone in, you're, you're trialing them out. I, as I said, I'm a guy. I, I don't know <laughs> what is like. How do you determine what is good makeup? Uh, how do you know that they're doing a good job? And how do you know that they'd be ready to be working uh, with a client? Um, I guess. Well, th- this would be something that you could do, Kevin. Is maybe kind of look through magazines or look through other photographers' portfolios and kind of pick out a few looks that you like that you would like to see being done. So that way, when you do, when the artists do come in and test with you, you kind of have like a, like a photo reference of what you're looking for when you hire someone, you know? Okay. Okay, Yeah. Yeah. So like, what, what do you want to be photographing? Like I'd look up like beauty shots or like go through Sue's Instagram and kind of like check images. Like, what do I want my makeup to look like? So that way when we get there, we're like, okay, this is the type of look you're going for. Let me show you how I do that look. And then you can kind of see what, how they are. Should I be asking the makeup artist for a portfolio that a photography that isn't retouched? Because we know that once a photographer uh, takes an image, they'll go ahead and they'll retouch it to that could, potentially get rid of any of the flaws that the makeup artist has previously had. Is that something that uh, a makeup artist would have so I can see what their actual work looks like? Yeah. I mean, they should have like, besides the finished, like final photo, we should, we as artists should be taking photos of our work as soon as we're done. So anytime I have a client in the chair before they even get in front of the camera, I'm taking photos of their hair and makeup with my phone. So that way I can see how it looks. And then when I see that final retouched image, I'm like, okay, it was just, it it still looks very similar. You know, like I know they're not doing a bunch of retouching, like there's no lipstick coming outside of the lipstick line. There's no mascara underneath the eyes. Um, and stuff like that. So yes, they should have, they should have their own portfolio with unretouched images, like just off of their iPhone. At least I do, but you know, I've been doing this for a very long time and I feel like artists should do that. We do want to see our work before it's retouched. Mm, Perfect. Yeah. So one of the things that you had said would be like the lipstick out of the mouth. And, uh, I think you said mascara under the eye. Uh, are there red flags that I should be looking at that could potentially tell me that this person isn't ready that, you know, to start doing photo shoots? 
Yeah, I would say uh, sanitation, first and foremost, especially now, like with COVID and everything. And even before COVID, we're a very, you know, we need to be sanitizing our things constantly. We're in people's personal space. We're putting our hands on their face, you know, around the eyes, around the mouth. Like everything needs to be as clean as humanly possible. So that's definitely a huge thing that I look for. You want to see their kit. Is their kit cleaned? Is their makeup like all over the containers? Um, are they taking care of their products? How do they set up their station? Um, and just little like prep things like that. And then see how they interact with the client. Like obviously they could be a little bit nervous, like, okay, I'm testing for a job essentially, you know, but if they have a good, good communication with the client, um, that's a huge thing as well. So like communication with the client, sanitation above all. Um, yeah, those are like the two really huge things. If they have those two, then it should be, you should be good. Yeah. I think that's so like important breed too with the sanitation thing. Cause, um, you know, with COVID, I know this whole year I'll get clients who are asking me just even not just the kit, but like, is the artist wearing a mask? Are they double masking before the vaccinations came out? Um, all right. kinds of, you know, questions like that. And it was one of those things that I had to, you know, keep going back and forth with my hair and makeup artists and making sure that, you know, they understood which clients were especially afraid of COVID and, you know, really wanted that double mask or, Right. I think once we did a face shield, that kind of stuff too. What do you think, like now that vaccinations are more prevalent, like what extra steps should hair and makeup artists be taking to make clients feel comfortable? Um, I ask them if they're, well, first of all, I ask, ask them if they're vaccinated and if they're comfortable with me having my mask off. If they're not comfortable with that, I will, I'll put mine on just okay. because like I said, we are in their face still. And I'm vaccinated also, but there have been times where we're just like a small crew of like four or five and I still have my mask on. So it's, it just depends, but definitely ask the client, like, if it's comfortable for you, I will leave this on. Yeah. I think yeah. that's really, really smart. It's been kind of a weird, uh, the last few shoots I have have kind of been so weird. Cause at least where I'm based, like so many people are vaccinated and things have really started becoming like masks off you know masks right. off is becoming more normal and then it's yeah. like this weird thing of like oh like do I start with my mask on do I start with the mask on exactly <laughs> <laughs> someone tell me what to do <laughs> yeah. um and yeah I was thinking about this myself like should I text the client the day before and see like how they feel and that's kind of what I decided on right. was that I would just like text clients before because um yeah my artist is amazing but she did come in one day without her mask. She used to enter with her mask on, but she actually came in with it off, but she still had it with her. And uh -huh. then asked like, oh, how do you feel? And I was like, oh, well, if they were upset, it would probably be bad that the mask was like yeah. already off, you know? For so, sure. So yeah, it's like just, I think communication is so important, like having these um, convert, frank conversations, especially these days with COVID is just something that we all need to remember, even if we've been doing this for a long time. Yeah, definitely. So we have, uh, let's see, we have cleanliness, we have energy, communication. Are there any other traits or skills that the photographer should be looking for when deciding uh, on their hair and makeup artist that you feel would be important? Um, I mean, I feel like energy is such a huge thing for me, which is why I'm so into the idea of having a one-on-one -on -one first before you even see them do makeup. Um, yeah, but once, you know, once you're past that, they're in the studio, they're with a client, you're watching them do their work. Yeah. I just, I feel like you'll, you'll see it if they're super confident in how they are, if they're super confident in their work, like that's going to show up. If they're nervous, they're panicking, they're flushed. You're going to see that too. So it's, it's something you just have to watch and see what happens, you know? But going into it with um, meeting before, you know, should kind of cut down on some of the nerves, but you can't really know until you see them actually do things. 
Yeah. And that's why it is so important, I think, to have a test shoot. Like, mistake I made really early on in my, this is an embarrassing mistake, but really early on in my career was I met someone who had a, like a beauty studio down the hall from me. And I thought, Mm -hmm. and she told me she did hair and makeup. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. We met, we seemed like, you know, we got along well. Mm -hmm. And I just booked her in with a client and it was a very young, uh, teenage girl looking for like acting headshots and this woman made her look like I don't know <laughs> like <laughs> the lips the eyes were crazy and I was just like oh my goodness how did this happen? yeah <laughs> the girl's face was like panicked like oh my god this doesn't look like me. someone help like, me yeah like, <laughs> what's happening so that was a very painful uh very painful and expensive lesson because obviously I had to reshoot hire someone else I still had to pay the person for their time um so yes if anyone listening to this can take from my mistake definitely do not just put someone brand new with a client before you tested them out I learned that the very hard way yeah for sure and also like when you do bring them into test like bring them in with an idea of what you want already so you know exactly what you want say you want like I just want a natural, natural face, like smooth skin, pretty eyes and see what they come up with or tell them that you want a smoky eye and you want like a more glam evening look and then see what they come up with. Cause if you let them go in there and just freestyle, you don't really know what you're going to come up with. So when you do get them in there, make sure you tell them exactly the look that you're looking for. I think. Yeah. That's so helpful. One other question that I had for you is what do you do if you trial someone and you, you know, they have great energy and they have great like skills in some area. Like you, you, you said earlier, it's hard to find someone who's good at hair and makeup. So maybe, right. you know, they can do hair, but it's not their strong suit, but you can tell that they're going to make up or vice versa. Like, how do you have that conversation? That's like, I really want this to work out, but you gotta like up your skills or what training might you provide them? Like, what do you suggest people do in that situation? Um, Well, this actually is me because I am so strong at hair. I've been doing hair for 14 years. Like I can do hair with my eyes closed. But when Sue introduced me into, not introduced me because I had already like played around with makeup before, but when she told me like, hey, I think, you should do makeup for my clients, like all of this stuff. I was just like, wait, what am I doing now? And there are a lot of um, awesome resources on SBE that even I looked through, like all of the makeup guides I looked through. Um, And I have a lot of friends in the industry. So I just reached out to them and I'm like, I'm a hairstylist, but I want to know how to do light makeup. So like headshots, um, just like really pretty soft skin. Like, how can I do that? And I was lucky that I had the contacts who were willing to give me that kind of information. But if that's something that you want, we as artists have to go out and do that. I mean, it would be nice if like you guys paid for education for us, but that's not expected, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Where, so so if that's the case, where would you recommend someone that is looking for that type of like, maybe up their game is there any form of like i don't know go through schooling is is that what we'd recommend um, or is it just as simple as like youtubing or what are yeah thoughts? i mean especially now like gosh the internet you can literally learn how to do anything on the internet um youtube my my only thing though with youtube and instagram is that those makeup looks are so heavy and like overdone and if that's not the look that you want for your client then I wouldn't necessarily refer them to those out those um platforms like YouTube and Instagram but even just on like search online like makeup courses and you can take a course for like $50 and rewatch it like as often as you want um yeah just stuff like that like I still I mean I told you guys I've been doing hair for 14 years but I subscribe to a hair education site so I'm constantly learning and I'm trying to up my hair game still and I've been doing this for a while so there's education on the internet 
for everyone at like every price point. It's just a matter of going out and looking for it. That's really awesome. And I'm glad that you mentioned that SBE has a lot of information too that you even learn from because I mean, that's obviously we all love SBE and it's affordable and it's such a great way, I think, for our makeup artists to also understand a little bit more about our expectations as photographers by watching the videos. I'm Mm -hmm. sure you also see, you know, the assisting that goes on. And that kind of brings me to like my next question, which is, I think that all of us photographers who have followed you and Sue's relationship for a long time kind of (laughs) dream of having that person, you know, everyone wants their own Brie who's like, (laughs) read their mind and make their clients look amazing. And um, how does a photographer develop and foster that kind of tight knit, you know, synchronistic relationship with their hair and makeup artist? Yeah, it's so crazy because I felt like when Sue and I first met each other, it was just kind of like, oh, like we felt that it was going to work, you know? And when I work with her, when we're on set and she's shooting, I'm literally standing like right next to her or like on the other side of her. And I, I can see what she's looking at. So if I see it and I catch it first, that's what makes it easier. But that was also a skill that I cultivated over time was seeing what Sue is seeing and me fixing it before she has to say anything. So it's just spending a bunch of time together. I mean, when we first met, we were shooting like three or four times a week and this was seven years ago. So, you know, having all of those shoots in the beginning and figuring out our styles and figuring out how we work together um, yeah, it's, it's something that's built over time for sure. I mean, not with Sue and I, cause we're amazing, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just something that it takes time. And also another good thing is, um, when you do find your, your artist, show us the back of the camera. Cause sometimes when we're looking at it just with our eyes, we can't see like, you know, all these like crazy flyaways or like, the little holes in the hair, like show us the back of that camera and then we'll just go in and fix it. So, so in that case, would it be useful then to show you like, cause I know the back of the camera might be a little small and obviously you don't want to continue to do that while on the right. show. Is it helpful for you then to potentially get like unedited images sent to you and then having like a discussion, like, you know, these five images, this is kind of what was wrong. This yeah, is what we can fix for the next time around. Yeah, absolutely. And like the artist should take that not as you trying to pick apart their work, but you just trying to get across what you want to get out of the photo. So that's a great idea. And I wish, you know, when I first started doing hair many moons ago, like I wish someone showed me all that stuff and said, hey, these photos were great, but this and this and this is what I think we need to work on. And the artist shouldn't take it personally. Um, You have to have thick skin. Well, yeah, you guys know, like you guys have thick skin too, working with clients and stuff. So we shouldn't take any of this personally because we're all here to learn and to keep growing and to create like beautiful images. And um, aside from like, obviously telling the artist to, you know, stay next to you and showing them the back of the camera and everything, what other things can we do to train our hair makeup artists to be better like on set assistants and kind of anticipate our, our moves a little bit more? I do feel like a lot of times um, when I work with someone new mm-hmm. that they don't really have a lot of set experience. Right. Um, they're more you know, yeah, they're usually, they're new, they're more used to kind of doing the makeup and leaving kind of like wedding, um, where, so it's sort of a brand new world to them. And it does take a lot of, a lot of communication about, about yeah. them. So they're like, there are certain things that we should do to train them. Um, again, like this kind of goes back to commu- communication, like tell us if you're paying us for the day or for the shoot, tell us what you want us to do. 
Like once hair and makeup is done, be like, okay, we're going to go on set now. I want you to stand next to me. I want you to go toss this fabric and tell us how to toss the fabric. Or I want you to blow dry her hair and then tell us how you want the hair blown, you know? So especially in the beginning, like, yeah, like Sue was always very like, do A, B, C, like do one, two, three. And I was just like, okay. And I did it. Like, I wasn't like, okay, why is she telling me to do all this stuff? You know, like I, she told me to do something and I did it. So that's the thing. It's like, don't be afraid to let them know what you want to see done. And then over time, it's kind of like, oh, we're bringing out the fabric. Okay. I know I have to stand on this side or, oh, we're going to do like the Beyonce hair. Okay. I know where I need to aim the blow dryer, you know, but in the beginning, like Sue had to tell me things. I mean, even now, sometimes she'll tell me like, Brie her hair, Brie her hair. And I'm just like, oh shoot. Like, okay. Okay. So (laughs) it's, it's, you know, like keeping that communication open, like don't just start shooting and then not talk to us. And then we're just kind of standing there like, (laughs) okay, so what do we do now? You know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. In the beginning, like talk to us, not, not so much boss us around, but tell me what you want me to do. Like you're paying me right now. What do you want to see happen? And I think too, like, that's so important because we just want to, it's, I think that communication is important to finding someone who actually wants to be that involved in the shoot. Cause I've also worked with hair and makeup artists who are like, "Mm, no, (laughs) that's not, (laughs) the scene is not for me. I just do the hair and like truly, cause I, I think a lot of my artists have come from the wedding world. Okay. Um, because Santa Barbara is such a, a wedding destination and a lot of, um, you know, hair and makeup artists who do weddings are only busy on the weekends and then are looking for weekday extra pickup work. Um, right. so, so yeah, I think it's also important, like you said, going back to that first step of having that first conversation, like make sure that that person really actually wants to be really involved that way, because it is really awkward when you start trialing or start working with someone and you kind of get the sense that they'd rather be on their phone for the photo shoot. Than yeah, involved. exactly. Mm-hmm. And I've, when I've done bigger shoots and there's like two hair and makeup artists there and I've, you know, I see the other artists just kind of like sitting in the chair on the phone and I'm standing up like on set, like doing things. I'm just like, dude, do you not want to be here? Or, but you know, they, probably don't want to be there or they didn't know that this is what they signed up for, you know? So like, that's something that should definitely be discussed when you do have like your one-on-one, like, Oh, I also like have my artist stay to assist on set. Is that something you're interested in? If so, here's ABC. Like, don't tell us the day. Don't tell us when we get to the shoot, like, Oh, you have to stay to assist. Cause most of the time they're going to be like, uh, no, like, that should, <laughs> that, yeah, that should be something that should be discussed before and if they have like because now I have my hair and make or my hair rate and then my assisting is additional per hour so I just started doing that maybe like within the year so I have like my 250 hair and makeup and then my assisting is $40 an hour after that but that's because I do do, you know, I'm blowing the hair, I'm helping them change their outfits. I'm still changing the hair. I'm tossing fabric and doing all that stuff. So it's, it's definitely worth it. And I don't know if other artists will be charging that much for assisting right out the gate, but yeah, it's definitely something that we want to know before we get to the shoot that you do need an assistant. Okay. And that you brought up pricing, which was a really good transition, because I think, you know, I know it really varies depending on what parts of the country people live in and everything. But, um, you know, how do you discuss money with artists and uh, like hair? How should photographers, I guess, discuss money with hair and makeup artists? And what is kind of industry standard? Should there be that expectation of an additional rate? You used to do a, a flat if I remember correctly. So can you kind of just like walk us through that? Because I think that's a, a sensitive thing that a lot of photographers don't know how to, to handle. How to go about. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, when I, when I first started working with Sue, she kind of gave me 
like a flat rate, like, okay, this is what I'm going to pay you. And this is what you're going to do. And I was like, okay, that sounds great. But when I had met Sue, I had just left the salon life. So I was open to work, whatever to, for any rate, just to not be in the salon anymore, you know? So when I first started working with her, she told me what she was going to pay me. And then a couple years went by and I started getting busier with other photographers, with my own clients. And then I told her, I was like, Hey Sue, um, you know, it's been a couple years. I've been growing my own business on the side. These are my new rates now. And she was like, okay. So when you're starting off with someone, you can offer what you would want to pay them and see how they respond or ask them, oh, so what are your rates for doing something like this? If they're leaving the salon and they've never done on set work like this, I, as a photographer, would just tell them, I'm going to pay you $150 to come in do ha- and to do hair and makeup. Because what are they going to say? No, they don't, you know, they don't really know any better at that point. So if you are getting someone who is just leaving the salon, I, as a photographer, would dictate the price. And see how they go. See how it goes from there. Got it. So um, this is the time where we do open it up to questions from the audience. So if you do have a question um, for Brie, go ahead and raise your hand and we will bring you up on stage. And I see that um, Felicia has her hand raised. So we'll go ahead and bring Felicia on. Oh, did it work? There she is. Okay. This is only my second time on Clubhouse. I didn't know I'm supposed to push a button. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What what would you like to join in and ask? Okay, this was right on time, Bree. Thank you for sharing. So as many of y'all know, I am growing like insane. I have like seven contract hair and makeup artists. And it's just constantly whenever I try, okay, a client calls in and books me, then I'm like, okay, I book them, then I got to pray to God that somebody's going to fill it, you know, and I have to go through like seven of them. Are you available? Are you available? So I think I'm at the point where I potentially need like one person, like, how do I even go about it? I know, Brie, did you work exclusively with Sue? Like she was your primary and then you did things on the side. I'm trying to figure out how to navigate this and how do I approach these hair and makeup artists, maybe the ones that I even have right now. I mean, I'm willing to pay, like I have a full-time assistant already, so I don't mind paying a salary. I just don't want to hurt, um, like offend anybody. I don't know, you know, but I want to say, Hey, I'm looking for like an exclusive, I'm your primary person. And I'm willing to like work them, you know, those Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays that I'm there. I don't know. I need yes. recommendations. I mean, I need advice on how to navigate this growing spurt that I'm in and have consistency. And, and you know, I know always someone's going to be available. Yeah. First of all, that's awesome that you're looking to like lock somebody down. Um, when I first started working with Sue, I, I, she was my not my priority. She was my main photographer that I worked with. So anytime she needed me, I was, she was first, you know, Mm -hmm. and then all of my other clients and everybody else was after that. But that's only because she guaranteed me those four or five days a week. And who's going to turn that down? Who's going to turn down guaranteed like three to four shoots a week? Like, no, you know? So I jumped at that. I was like, yes, I will be with you any, anytime you need me. Yes, I will be there. So Mm -hmm. just do you, you know, talk to your two or three like strongest artists and, you know, come with them and be like, Hey, I'm getting busier. Like I want to lock you down. I think if we have that guarantee that we will be working a couple days a week with you, that's Mm -hmm. a pretty sweet selling point for sure. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And so it would just be like, you were always like contract work with her. It wasn't a full-time position you had. No, it wasn't full-time because I was still seeing uh, my Other own personal people. clients when I had okay. time. Yes. I see. I see. That's what I, that's what I was wondering how that works in the real, when, in the big wig world, you know, with all <laughs> I don't know how that works. So this is good. This is good. Well, thank you very much for the information. And this is a great topic. Yeah, of course. Thank you so much. Thanks, Felicia. We also have a question from David Franco. So David, um, come on and ask your question. 
Hey there. Um, I have a quick question. So uh, I'm a photographer based out of Los Angeles, and I uh, don't really use uh, hair and makeup uh, services often. Um, a lot of my clients either do it themselves or they, um, you know, uh, I will help them like find somebody. But um, I want to start offering that as a service myself. And I wasn't sure, is there kind of like in that world is there specifically um hair makeup people that specifically work for photographers i mean is it kind of like a whole industry in itself or is it kind of like a general field of like hair and makeup artistry that just kind of like they sometimes will work with photographers because i just don't really know how to you know when i'm in my search to find someone that i want to you know build a relationship with i want to make sure right. that i'm finding the right people that know makeup specifically for photography so um i would love your thoughts on that yeah. Um, okay. You can hire me cause I'm in Los Angeles. Um, but yeah, I feel like it, doing hair and makeup for photographers, it is a certain type of makeup, you know, it's not bridal. It's not like event makeup. Um, and it's, I wouldn't say there's like a certain group of artists who just do that, but if you ever need referrals or other artists, like I know so many artists out in LA who do, who do just work with, um, photographers and stuff. So. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. I, um, I've been, that's kind of the issue I've been having is that, um, sometimes people will have their hair and makeup done and it looks like beautiful in person, but it doesn't necessarily translate to photos. So on the camera, right. Right. So I just want to make sure that, you know, I'm asking the right questions in, in my search, but yeah, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah, of course. And then um, when you are like looking for artists, ask them like, have you worked on shoots before? Or like, what type of work do you usually do? And then if they've worked with photographers, they should know like, okay, this is like a different type, um, type of makeup than like bridal and event. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I'll help you for sure. Thank you so much. Awesome. Of course. Thanks, David. Okay, now we have a question from Carrie. So, Carrie, if you could also let us know your last name and ask your question, you can go ahead and unmute yourself. Hey, folks, I'm Carrie Stribble from New Hampshire. My wife and I run Birch Blaze Studios. And uh, my question is that I recently met with a makeup artist. I've been having trouble finding someone that does both. And so, am I just sort of, you know, I, I feel like it's going to cost me more money to have. Um, a hair makeup a hair artist and a makeup artist stylist um, is that just my fate since I can't find one person that does both <laughs> um, I, is there you know how, how can I handle the two of them and come up with a price that works um, you know for for a session that we're doing etc I'd be interested to hear any thoughts that you might have on that yeah, so we we did kind of touch on this earlier. I know you said that you haven't listened to the whole thing, but I was telling them that if you find a makeup artist who's great, like amazing at makeup, but her hair skills are kind of uh, like underwhelming, you can offer offer some education to them. Like, oh, if you find uh, an education course, like let me pay for that for you, so that way you know they're learning these skills from somewhere. And as soon as they learn them, they're bringing that to your shoot. So you can go and offer like education to them. It's not super pricey. Like there's so many, so many different uh, education sites on the internet that you can find. It's like $50 classes that they can rewatch over and over. Um, I know a couple of hairstylists who offer education and I can send you the links and like, just have your makeup artist kind of sit down and just watch videos and show them the type of hair that you're going for and see what, see what they can do with that. But I know it's hard finding someone who does do both. So if you're looking for that and they don't do that, just kind of throw that out like, Oh, would you be interested in learning makeup? Would you be interested in learning how to do hair? And then kind of go from there, see what your options are like, offer them education or see if that's something that they'd want to do on their own okay yeah and that sounds like a good uh idea to try um this particular makeup artist that i met with um didn't didn't seem to i mean we didn't really talk about her increasing her learning 
abilities or harem okay. abilities. Um, but she seems like kind of like that's just not her strong point. Um, you know, she's doing a lot of weddings this this summer, mm. and um, mm-hmm. she's just pretty like confident. I think that she's just she's a makeup artist, and that's what she does. So. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, I can explore that, but um, I may still have to, you know, have one of each. I, it seems potentially. Also, another thing: wherever you are, are there just um, like blow dry bars or salons where they can just the client can just go in, but they would have to pay for that though if they did it themselves. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, I've just recently become aware of that term i so i don't think oh, okay. there are anything like anything like that in our area mm-hmm. we're uh, we live in a tourist area um not super highly populated like a, mm-hmm. like a big city like boston but um but yeah i mean i haven't met with a she works with a hairstylist and i'm going to meet with her too shortly so um so we'll just maybe take it as it comes and and see if you know, they might know other people. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely like, don't be afraid to ask the artist like, Oh, well, do you know anyone who does hair? Like, we're not going to take it personally because we don't do what you're asking for, you know? So yeah, definitely don't be afraid to ask like, do you know anybody who does or who would be willing to do hair, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate your insights. Of course. Thank you very much there, Carrie. Uh, so, Brie, a little, a little few follow-ups with the uh, the questions that are asked. Uh, with Felicia, um, once Sue basically said that you, you would be working with her, um, were you strictly working those Monday, Wednesday, Friday type of deals and no more work with photographers, simply your clients? Or were you filling in on the sides kind of like whenever not? Oh, yeah. I was filling in for sure. As long as... Sue told me, I need you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, every other day, you can go do your thing. And that's when I did. That's when I worked with my own personal clients, when I worked with other photographers. Um, but those days that she needed me, I was with her. It's having that guarantee that we're going to be working, you know, because if you say, oh, I could probably, I could probably book like three or four shoots a week. Well, I could probably book three or four shoots a week too, you know? So it's like, you need to get, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, So with Carrie's question, I really like the fact that like you actually said that the photographer could potentially pay for the course that you're doing, that you want them to do Mm -hmm. uh, because that, that is such a great opportunity to build that relationship between the two of you. Yes. Photographer and hair and makeup to show that they're dedicated to you. Uh, to the long run, you know? Yeah, lo- the longevity of it. Like, you're interested in seeing where, what the future of this could be, you know? And um, just to go back on, like, the education, but when the pandemic started, I started offering uh, hairstyling lessons over Zoom, and I met with photographers, like, in Texas. Um, I think, Ashley, we had kind of scheduled to do something, but... I feel like yeah. I'm finding I'm finding more makeup artists who just want to do like light on set hair. And that's what I teach in those classes is what I do when I'm on set so that you can do killer makeup and have, you know, decent hair to, to your ability, you know? Yeah, exactly. And I think that that's so helpful for um, photographers to know that like we can just take matters into our own hands and you know maybe if you can't even afford like the full course sometimes you could offer to split it like there's ways to get creative about it um yeah, and just sure. have those conversations and see what people are like willing to do because I think ultimately it comes down to like how willing is someone to like how much do they want to put into this how willing are they and how right excited are they for this type of work versus do they just want whatever you know work comes their way because some people just they don't want that kind of commitment or relationship but some people yeah do exactly and I think if you open up that line of communication like like Kevin was saying like it shows that we're invested in where this could possibly go 
you know? Yes, I love it. Um, one question I have for you, Brie, is once we have our person that we're working with, how much, and I guess this will probably vary from artist to artist, but how much like prep do you like to have before the shoot? Meaning like, do you like to come in just whatever it is that day is what it is? Or should we be sending, like, I know last week we spoke to Leandra and she said she includes her hair and makeup artist on a Pinterest board. Um, I do a thing where I have like a a questionnaire that I have my clients fill out about just like allergies and preferences and that kind of beauty stuff. And then I forward it to my hair and makeup artist to read before the shoot. So there's no like surprises there. Like, what do you think photographers should do as best practices for preparation for the shoot? Yeah, that is definitely like what you said about sending um, like the client questionnaire to us too. So we can see like, oh, this is their type of vibe. This is what they usually do because we don't want to, we don't want to just come in with the client and give them a look that isn't who they are. You know, we want to make sure that we're still making them look and feel like themselves. So the more the artist is prepared, the better we'll be able to accommodate with whatever the client wants. So yeah, that's awesome. Like I should start telling my photographers to send me that stuff too. Cause usually I just kind of get there and I'm just like, okay, cool. Or they'll tell me, Oh, it's just like a 50 over 50 woman or, Oh, it's just headshots. So then I know it's going to be okay. Kind of simple, clean, polished. Um, but yeah, if we know as much as you know, then it leaves less room for error. And then another question I had is, um, because this has happened a few times, even with my very best hair and makeup artists who I I love and adore, um, what what do we do when a client, their hair and makeup has been done, it seemed like it was going fine, and all of a sudden they're looking in the mirror and they don't like it? Um, and cause there, as a photographer, I can say it's, it's extremely awkward because you obviously want to make your client happy. You also are like freaking out for your hair and makeup artist, and you don't want to like <laughs> throw them under the bus and it's just right. so painfully terrible. So how do you suggest that, that situation <laughs> get handled? Um, the first thing we do is cry. And then <laughs> we, um, no, I mean, uh, the first thing honestly that we have to do is just stay calm because once we start getting nervous and anxious. The client is just going to start feeling more and more like crap. And we don't want that. So we just kind of keep it calm, keep it chill and just ask the client. Well, first of all, I feel like the clients, sometimes they feel like they can't tell us the artist that they don't like it because they don't want to hurt our feelings or like make a big deal. But they do need to tell us that stuff because it'll save so much drama and like stuff like that. So I feel like the client needs to be open with us. And then when we get that criticism back as artists, we should never take that personally, because if the client feels uncomfortable, I'm not going to have them walk around if they're feeling like crap, you know? So there needs to be that open, that open line of communication. But if you're at the end, you guys are all looking in the mirror and you're like, okay, where do we go from here? <laughs> it's like, where do we go from here? We just take it step by step, like start toning or ask her exactly what she's not happy with and then target those specific things first and then just kind of go from there. But it's, you got to stay calm. You have to stay like cool and collected because once we show any signs of nervousness or panic, the client's just going to feel worse. So yeah stay calm and then ask them specific questions, what they aren't happy with. And if they just say, I'm not happy with any of it, I'd be like, well, why didn't you say anything like two hours ago when I was doing your hair and makeup, you know, (laughs) I wouldn't say that, but it's like, dude, come on. Like you have to have thick skin. Like you can't, don't worry about us. You're the priority here, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I just feel like clients should be, Yeah. They shouldn't be scared. Yeah. Like, and that's something that I start off with in the beginning, like they're in front of a mirror when I'm doing the hair and makeup. I say, if you see anything weird or, you know, you're uncomfortable with anything, like, please tell me, like, I've been doing this for a long time. I'm not going to get offended. And they're just like, Oh, Mm, okay. Like it kind of breaks 
that wall down. And like clients have told me things like at the end, they're just like, oh, like this is a little too much on my eye. Can we tone it down? Or, oh, I kind of feel like I look washed out. Can you just add a little more color to me? And I'm just like, yes, of course I will. You know, what am I going to say? No, like, no, I'm not going to say that. Gotcha. Yeah. So this might take a lot of, a lot of trust and maybe you as a, as a makeup artist wouldn't want to do this, but would it be a good idea at all to maybe have you have a makeup consultation beforehand? Or is that something that you just want to stay out of until the day of talking about what the client might potentially want on the day of the shoot? Um, no, that sounds great. I mean, if you, yeah, if you want to connect to the artist with the client beforehand, so that way they can kind of build, start building like their relationship, you know? Um, but yeah, like, especially through email, like just, you know, share their email address, be like, Hey, I'm so-and-so I'm going to be your artist tomorrow. Like what specifics, what exactly are you looking for? Mm. Like, how do you, how do you want to look? How do you want to feel? Cause when we put the attention on them, like this is about you, they'll be more open to say like, okay, I like ABC and I don't want X, Y, Z, you know? So an email conversation would probably be a good idea. Maybe not like a sit down 30 minute face-to-face Zoom call thing, but just like, Hey, an introduction, this is my makeup artist. Feel free to talk to them or maybe even giving you the email to give you the opportunity to reach out to them. Yeah. Cause that way, like I said, we can start building our relationships. So when we see them in the studio the next day, it's like, Oh, Hey, like, I, I know the look you're going for, you know, what type of work I do. Like, yeah. So that sounds great. Like the more, like I was telling Ashley, like the more we know about the client, the less room there is for error. Um, Brie, can I ask you a follow-up question that kind of goes back to that, like awkward situation when uh, <laughs> clients are unhappy? Mm. Um, what do you suggest like is a good sort of after you know, after everything's been done, like kind of a postmortem with the hair and makeup artist to kind of <laughs> like assess what, cause sometimes, you know, it, the shoot happens, whatever it, whatever problems sort out, but maybe like you notice like, Oh, actually the hair and makeup artist did not stay calm, cool and collected and looked a little defensive or there were some real, like, you know, I, sometimes it just seems like there should be some sort of postmortem that goes down. Like, what do you, yeah. what do you suggest about that? Um, I'll tell you just because this has happened to me once before, like the photographer just pull me aside after the shoot and be like, Hey, you know what happened earlier? Like, it's not your fault, but it is something that, you know, we do have to work on. Like, are you willing to work on that? And I'm just like, yeah, of course. Cause you know, I'm want to stay professional and I don't want to burn any bridges. And if the photographer and the client are not happy, then I didn't do as an artist, I didn't do my job right, you know, because my job is to make the client look good, to make you guys feel confident in like what you're shooting and like knowing that the client looks good. But yeah, definitely pull us aside and just let us know like, hey, dude, or not hey, dude, but whatever you call your <laughs> artist and just let them know like, you know, that situation could have been handled better. Like I probably would have done ABC or something like that. But yeah, a conversation after something like that happening has to happen or else, you know, let's hope that it doesn't keep happening again, but we need to know what we did wrong. Cause we're not perfect. You know, we don't, I don't do every client like 100 all the time. And yeah, like just post mortem conversation after things like that definitely needs to happen. Awesome. Actually, I was going to be a little selfish and ask a little bit kind of like from yes. the men's side of it. Have you ever done makeup for guys? And what are yes. the reactions to it? Men's grooming. So I, I like to call it men's grooming because when you say makeup, the guys are like, oh, well, I don't want to look or like, I don't want to wear makeup, blah, blah, blah. But really men's grooming, it's more about the skin care. Like we want to make sure that the skin looks mm. moisturized and hydrated. And as far as makeup goes, I usually do um, just a little translucent powder for the shine, some lip balm so their lips aren't dry and cracky. And if they need it, I can do spot covering with concealer. But when you go about it as men's grooming, it sounds 
more sounds better. Yeah. More manly. <laughs> more manly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But with that, it's, it's about the skincare. So make sure that they know they're going to get, you know, moisturized and prepped and their skin's going to look hydrated. And, you know, we don't want to be photographing dry, dry men's mm-hmm. skin or just mm-hmm. dry skin in general. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah. So, um, we here have kind of discussed the possibility of having video interviews as well. And with that, I know Ashley's going to be able to put makeup on. She's going to look fantastic. I'm probably going to look like a potato. What is, is there a difference in fo- uh, photographic versus video makeup and maybe some tips that I can, you know, know to moving forward to, you know, if I, if we do that, what type of moisturizer? should I be looking at makeup as a guy or? Um, not, not for like video call type of things. If you're getting photographed and you're feeling a little self-conscious, like, oh, maybe I do need a little concealer or something, put it on. But video calls, I think with video calls, it's like having the right lighting, like making sure that you don't look blown out and like, Mm. yeah, just stay moisturized and put on a little lip balm and you should be good. (laughs) (laughs) No potatoes here. Oh, exactly, exactly. (laughs) okay so we are getting close to it and being someone that has worked so very closely with sue i just thought i would be like once again be a little selfish and you know maybe if you can come up with a story of this funny situation to kind of close it out where you guys were on set maybe something didn't go right or something came to you guys at a surprise (laughs) um okay i'm laughing because i have a story so this was sue and i had first started working together um, when she was living in Studio City, and we were photographing, oh, I forgot what the model's name was, but she was a dancer. She had super long hair. And I, I posted this photo a couple years ago, and we called it the happy accident. Um, so we had, like, you know, one of those huge floor fans, like on the floor, like blowing hair around. And something, someone tripped over the fan, or the fan just like, <laughs> toppled over and Jenna oh Jenna was her the model's name her hair just blew up into this gorgeous gorgeous hair Sue freaking captured that shot and when we saw it we were just like oh shit like happy accident (laughs) like everybody's okay but this photo is so fire and I think this is in like 2015 so it was like when we first started working together but um yeah, happy accidents. And Sue just caught the freaking shot at the right time. And it's like one of my favorite shots, I think, that we've done. That's so. fantastic. Yeah. That. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure you keep your finger on the trigger, okay? If anything goes wrong, just snap it anyway. Just take the picture. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Well, Brie, it has been an absolute pre- uh, pleasure having you with us today. A lot of good information for people to listen back to. Um, awesome. We have hit the one-hour mark. But before we let you go, and I want to be sure that people know where to find you. So if you can please share your socials with us. Yes. Um, so my Instagram is at B-R-I underscore O-R-O. Um, and I, I also do florals as well. So I'm combining a business with florals and hair. So if you guys want to check that out, it's, uh, on Instagram at blowouts underscore blooms. I'll be doing a lot of cool hair and floral things on that account. Perfect. Everyone, please, please go follow Brie. And just a reminder, she's in the L.A. area and she's available. (laughs) Yes, hire me. I want to work with you guys. (laughs) (laughs) So everyone, please make sure to follow her as well as make sure to follow the portrait system on Instagram and on Facebook. And also, please be sure to check out the blog posts that are associated with our clubhouse interviews at SueBriceEducation.com forward slash blog. And if you are a member of the Sue Bryce Education and you have any more questions for Bree, Ashley, or myself, go tag us in a post in the SBE only Facebook group. And if you're not a member of Sue Bryce Education and you are interested in learning more about how it can help your business succeed, please email Ella in support uh, at support at SueBriceEducation.com. Thank you for joining us and hope you can join us next week.
Thanks. Thanks, Brie. Thanks, Kevin. Awesome. Thank you, guys. Have a good weekend. You too. Thanks again for listening today. And don't forget, you can listen to either me or our special guests every Friday on Clubhouse at 11 a.m. Pacific. Thank you so much for listening to the Portrait System Podcast. Your five-star reviews really help us to continue what we do. So if you like listening, would you mind giving us a review wherever you listen? I also encourage you to head over to SueBriceEducation.com where you can find all of the education you need to be a successful photographer. There are over 1,000 on-demand educational videos on things like posing, lighting, styling, retouching, shooting, marketing, sales, business, and self-value. There's also the 90-day startup challenge plus so many downloads showing hundreds of different poses. We have to-do checklists for your business, lighting PDFs. I mean, truly everything to help make you a better photographer and to make you more money. Once again, that's SueBriceEducation.com.